we have been in a series, or started last week, started a series called The Fine Print, and it's, uh, the idea of this is we're following Jesus into the details. And it's a series about um, discipleship. It's a, it's a series about what happens next. And so we talked a little bit about what um, discipleship looked like last week, and uh, we're going to continue on in that today. Um, now, how many of you have ever seen uh, someone who celebrated something just a little too soon? Yeah? Uh, how many, you see maybe athletes do it, you know, that they, they're they getting close to the finish line. You know, I was watching one last night. This uh, snowboarder was just like, just I mean, just right there at it. And this last jump, she decided to kind of, freestyle a little bit and she wound, she wound up uh, when she hit the hit the uh the ramp again she fell down and the person behind her just came right on by and and she lost the race uh, i've seen that happen over and over and over again so i want to show you one example of someone who celebrated just a little too soon So if you're an Eagles fan, that was not a good thing for, you know, the Eagles right there. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of that to go around. Somebody on the first service was like, I know this. He's playing the Cowboys clip. I did not play the Cowboys clip. Um, I'm, I'm just because my friend Ralph back there, I know he's a big Cowboys fan, so I didn't play the Cowboys clip. So I did the opposite, played the Eagles clip today. But, yeah, I mean, he was right there, right? I mean, and just celebrated a little bit too quickly and just – it was that quick. I mean, you know, he thought, I'm, I'm here at the finish line. I'm here at the, at the goal line. I am going to celebrate. I want, he was thinking about that dance. He was thinking about his dance moves. You know, he was going you know, and he, I mean, he, he nailed the dance. He, he just failed to nail the touchdown, right, uh, which is embarrassing. And I, you say, um, you know, I think uh, that is an example sometimes of, of uh, Christianity sometimes when we, say, hey, we, we, we celebrate the salvation, and then that's it. We, we stop there, right, because we're not done yet. We, we have to uh, complete the task. We have to complete the mission. We have to finish up. Uh, and so uh, I want to talk to you just for a second about a guy by the name of Mark Richt. Anybody ever heard of Mark Richt? Um, he was an assistant coach at FSU. Um, he was the head coach at the University of Miami. Um, he coached at another school, um, 
I know some little school in Athens, I can't think of who it is now, you know. Um, nobody cares, right? But Mark, I, know, I coached at UGA, I know, ha. Uh, Mark Rick is, uh, is a great dude. I, I, even though he coached a team that is my arch nemesis, uh, I have a lot of respect for this guy because I've heard his testimony. Um, as he was um, an assistant coach with uh, Bobby Bowden at FSU, and that's actually where he came to know Christ was during that assistant coaching time in Tallahassee. And that uh, Coach Bowden really made an impact on him and um, more than just on the football field, but more so off the field. And um, to hear his story, I got a chance to go to uh, an event this past Christmas where he, he was there and he, he was giving his testimony again. And he had um, just recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And you could tell it was having an effect on him. Uh, he was a little more frail coming up on the stage and having to take more time, had to have people help him with certain things. And to hear him, him give his testimony again, it was just amazing because at this point in time, it's really kind of rubber meets the road. I mean, he's still a pretty famous guy. He's got money. But now it is this disease is literally trying to cripple him. Uh, it is trying to take things from him. And he sat there and he just began to just recount and just almost like he still his resolve to continue to be a follower of Jesus. That no matter what you tell me, no matter what happens, I am now more than ever a follower of Jesus and not just a believer, not just someone who said, I give my heart to Christ, but I am following Jesus wholeheartedly with everything that I have. And he during this, this, this course of this event, he, he said a lot of things, and there are a few, things, a few quotes that I want to give you here. Uh, he said, I went from being the kid who said he believed in football to being a young man who had found something a lot more permanent to believe in. He also said things like, it's a big problem if your identity is all wrapped up in what you do rather than who you are. He went on to say, life is about learning, changing, adjusting developing, continuing to put yourself out there and try again. And this last one was a really famous quote. Maybe you know it. Maybe you've heard it before, especially if you're a Georgia fan. Uh, you, may have, you may have come across this one. He said, finish the drill. Otherwise, there's no point in starting. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today, about this idea of finishing the drill. Uh, this this whole thing of finish the drill was a was a big mantra for him while he was at UGA. He had it plastered on the doors, had it plastered up on the walls because he wanted these players to realize that you cannot go out there and compete at a high level if you give up, and that you've got to spend time in practice, you've got to spend time doing the drills, that you do the drill over and over and over and over and over in practice, so that when you get on the field, you are prepared, you are ready to get the ball across the goal line, right? You got to finish the drill because what he said, if you don't finish the drill, there's no point in starting. And, and for him, um, he found that in an even bigger way that he has committed his life to finishing this drill of living for Jesus and being a follower of Christ and not just giving his heart to Jesus uh, in a salvific way, but also becoming a disciple because that's what we're told to do. We, we were not told to go, hey, go make a bunch of Christians. It's, that's not the Great Commission. 
That's not what Jesus said. He didn't say, hey, go ye into all the world and make a bunch of Christians. That You don't find that. He said, go ye into all the world and make disciples. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference because someone who is, like I said last week, you, you poll anybody in, in South, in South Georgia, uh, just about everybody's a Christian, right? Uh, whether they live it or not, uh, they say, hey, I'm a Christian. Well, I was born, my mom and dad's Christian, so yeah, I'm a Christian too, right? Uh, I'll I walk by a church today, so yeah, that makes me a Christian. Uh, everybody's a Christian, uh, it, it seems like that. But what we're talking about is, is not this nomenclature of just, you know, something that you're supposed to be or something maybe you were born into in a, in a sense. We're talking about what Jesus has said, hey, I want you to make disciples because that's really where it gets down to the heart of the matter. And we talked about this last week. And so what is a disciple? A disciple is this, and three things that, that you just kind of know that kind of characterizes a disciple is, first off, a disciple is one who will study Jesus' words. Um, and, and the words of Jesus are, are, you know, as we look at this Bible, we look at, at what he said. Um, this was something that his disciples did. They studied the words of Christ. They studied the words of Jesus. And so we study the words of Jesus. We also imitate Jesus' ways. We also imitate what Jesus did, how he lived. We imitate that. And then we partner in Jesus' mission. Uh, we partner in this mission with Christ to say, hey, I am taking uh, this mission and I'm taking it to the world. I am taking it and letting light shine in dark places. And so this is what a disciple looks like. Um, uh, being a disciple is not complicated. It's, it's very simple if you see this. It's, it's you study the words, you imitate his ways, and you engage in the mission, um, but it's not easy. Although it's simple plan, it's not easy to do. Because it requires us actually living this out. It requires us to have action about our life and, and more than just an intellectual belief of who God is and who Jesus is. And so we're invited into more than just intellectualism. We're invited into living this thing out. And so this is what I, I believe um, when we look at Philippians chapter 3, Paul talks about. Paul gives his own uh, finish the drill speech here in Philippians chapter 3 he says hey finish the drill in his own way so how does he say this and in, in Philippians chapter 3 beginning in verse 12 let's look at this it says and now not that I have already obtained this or I am already perfect but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own brothers I do not consider that I have made it my own but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I want you to notice this. Let those of us who are who? Mature. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those whose walk according to the example you have um, and according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. 
Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. But the power that enables, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. See, this is, this is what I believe, that as Paul is giving his own finish the drill speech, he is saying that, hey, I press on toward the mark of my upward calling. What is that? What is that upward calling? And I know someone said, well, that's our calling to come to heaven, right? That is our calling upward, right? Heaven is up, you know, hell is down, so we don't want to go down. We want to go up. It's our, it's our heavenward calling, you know. It is not a, uh, it's not talking about heaven here. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you. It's not talking about heaven, although I want to go to heaven, and heaven is a good place, and I want all of us to be in heaven one day. That's not exactly what Paul's talking about here. Paul is talking about um, his standing in his relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, because it's what he says, he says, our upward calling, which is what? In Christ Jesus. It's in Jesus. That upward calling is not so much to a place, but it is to a person. It is to Jesus. And he goes on, and Paul has another objective. And he lays this out in the very next sentence. And he says, let those of us who are mature think this way. See, perfection is not the goal. Maturity is our objective. That's it. Perfection is not our goal. Anybody, you're perfect in here? You know, you plan on being perfect tomorrow, you know, uh, just as soon as you raised your hand, you stepped into imperfection because you lied, right? <laughs> because none of us are perfect, uh, at least not on this side of heaven. Maybe one day we'll, we'll know what that's like to, to stand in that perfection, but right now I am not perfect. Uh, but that is not an excuse for us because Paul says this, he says this is not uh, a goal of perfection, this is an objective of maturity. He is calling us to become mature believers. He's calling us to be people who will live out the drill, just continue to practice the drill, just continuing to practice this this life of what Christ has has shown us and imitate the ways of Jesus. Remember last week we talked about that being copycats. And so that's exactly what Paul says in verse 17. What does he say here? He says, "Brothers, join in imitating me." He says, I want you to imitate me as I imitate Christ. I want you to copy me as I'm copying Jesus. I want you to follow me as I follow Christ. And, and so he invites us once again to this, this thing of imitating the ways of Jesus as we follow Jesus. Verse 18, he goes on, and this is what he says. He said, there sometimes people walk away from discipleship. Sometimes people don't just walk away from discipleship, but they walk away from faith altogether. And he says they become enemies of the cross. And in that little passage right there we read after that, he says their end is destruction, their God is their belly. And, and I thought about that. So it's kind of a weird statement, right, to think your God is your belly. What does that even mean? You know, it's not about, you know, having a little pot belly, uh, right? But because all of us just kind of sucked in, you know. I can only suck in so far. Uh, but it's this, this idea that the things of this life and the things of this world and the fleshly things in life 
are the things that we begin to worship. He said that's become their destruction is that they begin to look around them instead of look above them. They begin to look around them and they begin to be more concerned with the things that are here. And he goes on and he says this, their, their God has become their belly. He said and they have set their minds on earthly things. See, guys, there are so many distractions for us on this, on this planet. There are so many distractions for us in our culture. Uh, and most of us, we have a device in our pocket that we can pull out, and it becomes a huge distraction for us with emails and social media and entertainment and all those kind of things. It's right there at our fingertips all the time. And we can so get so wound up with things on this earth that we forget the godly things, that we begin to forget the things that are above us. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's what Paul is reminding. He, say, he says, he's Paul is saying, hey, set your mind on things above us, things that are not of this earthly kingdom, but they're of heaven's kingdom, of, of God's kingdom. And, and he reminds us of this in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, he says to the Colossian church, he says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are what? Above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Next verse. He says, set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on earth. And so this, this thing of, of setting our minds here in this space and in this place, it can be distracting and we can get distracted and caught up by all kinds of, somebody is calling me on my watch, right? And so he said, I'm, I'm distracted right now. That's my son. Um, I don't know why he's calling me in the middle of church. Uh, because he's on a trip, and he thinks that we're all on a trip right now. I'm a little busy, and I want to check on that, Raina. Um, set our minds on heavenly things and not on earthly things, earthly distractions. Uh, see, and it is. That's a great example right there. We can get distracted. We can get off course. And it's so easy, right? It is so easy because we allow ourselves to get pulled into conversations and relationships. We get pulled into um, just all kinds of things, and we lose sight and we lose sight of what is really important, and we lose sight of what's really, you know, what's really should be our priority and our focus. And, and so we become fans of Jesus, and fans of Jesus are not followers of Jesus. Fans are different than followers. Fans, you know what, if I'm a fan of the end, I, I love Georgia Tech. You know what, I am a fan of Georgia Tech, you know. Amen, right. And they won yesterday, too. Whew. And two games in a row, right? But I'm a fan of Georgia Tech, but I am not a player. See, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on the T-shirt, and I will go to the game, and I will cheer them on. And you know when that game is over, I am going to leave the game, and I'm going to drive home. You know what they're going to do? They're going to get right back out there on Monday, and they're going to hit the practice field, and they're going to start again, and they're going to continue to complete these drills. They're going to continue to complete the practice. I, I'm not on the team. And see, Jesus has called us to be on his team. Jesus called us to be more than just people who wear the T-shirt and the cross around their neck and say, I love you, Jesus. I'm a fan of you, Jesus. He wants people who is going to be on the field completing the drill, finishing the drill, doing it day in and day out, day in and day out. And you know what? Sometimes we stumble and sometimes we fall, and that's what practice is about because when we mess it up, we get a chance to do it all over again. He says, come on, get up. He's not sitting there wagging his finger and said, look how bad you are. He said, come on, get up. Come on, I got you. I got you. I want you to fall into me. If you're going to fall, fall into me. 
If, if you're going to drop down, drop in on me. It's okay because I am going to pick you up. You have the Spirit of God that lives in you, and I'm going to empower you to live this life. And so we're called to this life. Fans of Jesus want the title of Christian without the lifestyle of Christ. They want the title of Christian, and everybody's a Christian. But we don't live the lifestyle of Jesus. And that's what he says. He says, listen, if you're going to be my, my follower, if you're going to walk in this relationship with me, it's going to sound a certain way, and it's going to look a certain way, and you've got to have the mission that I have as well if you're going to follow me. And that's what it looks like to finish the drill. See, we're not just called to a come to Jesus moment. This is a go with Jesus mission. This is us not just having, you know what, I'm so, I feel so bad for what I've done. Jesus, forgive me. You know what, and we think, you know, we feel a little bit better for a little bit, and then we kind of walk out on our own way. He says, no, I, I, I want to have that moment where, with you where you actually have that come to Jesus moment, and then you go with me into the mission. And it's not just you feeling guilty about something for a moment. It's you walking with me daily, and I'm shaping you, and I'm forming you, and we are letting the Holy Spirit do surgery on you where he's cutting things out of you that don't need to be there. And he's also, once he removes something, he's replacing it with something else. He's putting in us fruit of the Spirit where we can say there's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and there's gentleness and there's self-control and all these things once we begin to remove out and we begin to replace it with these other things that the Spirit of God gives us, it changes us. And it doesn't make us perfect, but it, but it absolutely matures us. And this is that walk that I've been in for a long time. I've been given, and it's not mean that I've, I've come to perfection. I have not. I'm like Paul. I have not attained it. I, I have not made it. I have not arrived. I am not at the, at the finish line. You know, I'm not at the goal line ready to drop the ball. I have to finish the drill too. And we're all invited to that. So what does finishing the drill look like? It looks like practice. It's the long game. It's going the distance it is the shaping of our character. It is the self-control of the spirit. It is the removing and the replacing of old habits with new ways. It is fueled by grace. Guys, we don't just finish, you know, we start this thing with grace, and it's like, okay, grace is at the starting line. Hey, you caught me at the starting line. See you later. I need grace every day. I need grace. So this life is life fueled by grace it is redeemed by forgiveness. It is encouragement through the struggle. And it is a struggle. I'm going to ask someone to complain. It is a struggle. Because when we hear Paul writing, and, and Paul writes these things, he says, I want to know Jesus, and I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. I don't know about you, that doesn't sound too great, does it? If I'm getting up a boatload of people to go to suffering right now, how many of you signing up? So I've got plenty, Pastor. I'm good. I'm full up. Don't need any more suffering. Uh, I'm, thank you. I'm good. So no, none of us, we're not, we're not like signing up for suffering. But he says this is part of it. This walk that we're in, this walk of our life being committed to Christ is going to find its struggles. It's going to find sometimes it is a long, dirty slog through the mud where he is pulling us to him. 
And in those moments where we feel like we can't pull ourselves up to Him, He is pulling us to Him. He is pulling us closer. But Paul finished that whole phrase. He said, I want to know Him in the fellowship of His sufferings. I also want to know Him in the power of His resurrection. And I like that. Because what that means is life. I want to know Him in His life. And to know Christ in His life means I'm also going to know Him in the suffering. But you know what? This is part of what discipleship looks like. It is not always easy. It may be a simple plan of discipleship to, to uh, rehearse His words, to know His words, to imitate His ways, and to engage in His mission. That seems a pretty simple plan. It is not an easy road to walk. But He never said it would be. But He always gives us the tools that we need to accompany him on this walk and this journey. This is what he leads us into. And so all this, the end result, looks like maturity. We're not to compare ourselves with each other. You know what? There are some people I, I've come in contact. Some of you guys remember Miss uh, Miss Wright, one of our elders uh, that was here at our church. Her and her husband moved just uh, about a year ago. Uh, but Sister Wright, she was one of the most godly people. Uh, she is one of the most godly people I know. And if I want somebody praying, I want her praying for me because I believe, you know, it's like the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Sister Wright. You know, that's, that's kind of how I look at her, you know, and I know that her prayers are touching heaven. But you know what? I can't look at her and, and compare my life to hers and compare my spiritual walk with hers and just say, oh, look how bad I am, look how bad. No, it's always we're comparing ourselves to Jesus. That's what maturity looks like. He says, you're going to compare yourself to Christ. It's not to each other. Because if I do, I compare myself to you sooner or later, I might find somebody who's doing worse than me, and I can, look at that. I'm better than him, man. And then it's a chance for pride to come in. We always compare ourselves to Christ. It's always us saying, holding up the standard of Jesus. So Jesus, what does this look like? It's the, it's the long walk. It's the long game. It's going the distance. Just like Coach Rick said, it is finishing the dream the drill. So I want you guys to stand with me this morning. Um, they're going to lead us in a song and I'm going to come back and pray for you here in a second. To me, this is one of those songs that it is a prayer. We are singing it directly. 